0: And we're back on Ticat's pregame on the Tiger Cat Audio Network presented by Journey Rewards. Now it's time for Speaking with the Enemy presented by Red Tag and we head out to Winnipeg where we have Bombers radio analyst and the 2015 CFL Hall of Famer, Doug Brown. Doug, how are you this evening?
1: I'm pretty good. It's pretty ominous looking weather out here in Winnipeg right now, but uh, I'm very much looking forward to the game. Hopefully it goes off on time.
0: Can you uh, expand upon the term ominous for us (laughs) first?
1: Well, it's very dark out right now for only being uh, 5.15 at at night. It should not be this dark, which means there is a thunderstorm brewing, and uh, I'm hoping it's going to blow over and happen before kickoff. But unfortunately, in Winnipeg, we've done a number of broadcasts where it's really extended our time on air for hours upon hours as we wait for uh, a thunderstorm (laughs) to go away.
2: (laughs) Hey Doug, Andy Fantus here, and I was part of uh, one of those games where I actually went on the set with the panel with my shoulder pads on, and uh, and then we went out and got our, uh, our butts kicked in the first quarter. Um, <laughs> but I, uh, a fun fact you might know, uh, you and I played had, had the pleasure of playing against you for a few years, and uh, not ne- nearly as storied. Seven time All Star, uh, eight time most outstanding Canadian for your team, Team MVP in two thousand eight. Um, now I got to ask you something. did you know that we have the same first uh, same first touchdown a fumble return for a touchdown it was our first career <laughs> touchdown ever?
1: I, I did not know that was it was yours against Calgary as well?
2: No, mine was against BC, okay. but I actually uh, was able to uh, follow up that and get another touchdown. What happened to you? <laughs>
1: Yeah, well, mine was my first game ever in the CFL. So was, your, was it Was it? your debut as well?
2: <laughs> no, you got me there. You got me there.
1: I got bored. And after I scored that touchdown, I was just like, yeah, I just want to play defense going forward. <laughs> it was just, you know, I didn't like the the all the heroics and the theatrics and, you know, you guys get the end zone dances. It just wasn't for me. I didn't feel like it was right.
2: I got you. I got you. <laughs> most outstanding Canadian in 2001. And, uh... And tell us, before we get to the game here, tell us a little bit about yeah. your, uh, when you were up for most outstanding defensive player in the league in, in 2008, and uh, what, what happened there?
1: Uh, most outstanding, you know, I remember uh, I was up for that award a couple times. I think one of them, though, uh, was that the one where I was going against Cameron Wake? Because yeah. if, if that is true, <laughs> I remember sitting there going, I just want one vote. That's all I wanted. I, you know, I was representing. I think I was representing the East. Yeah, and he was representing the West from the BC Lions. And I was just, you know, I was doing my best in my media interviews to try and really recruit a single vote because I just didn't want it to be a blowout unanimous vote that he was going to get it. You know, there was no. It was not a climactic moment whatsoever because it was very obvious to everyone. Uh, that and I was just happy to be second, you know, I was just happy to be you know standing up there with Cameron
2: <laughs> yeah, well, you got you got that vote and uh and of course your your career speaks for itself uh just a, a legend up here, Hall of famer, like Steve said, but uh, onto the game i guess as as a former outstanding d lineman what what impresses you the most about the d line for the bombers? And they've been together for a couple of years now, uh just tell us about what impresses you
1: um well, you know I think it it, it starts with uh the, their concept or their approach and the the thing a lot of people don't realize is they actually dress eight defensive linemen every game and and that's that's quite similar to what what the NFL does in terms of their rotation so so often you know you know when I played in a lot of teams still today in the CFL uh, you maybe have five maybe six defensive linemen that would that would dress for a game so a lot of times you would just play every single snap and uh, you know they they've really bought into a philosophy that, Uh, even the best players, you know, if they're out there too long, if you're going against a long drive, you can really get compromised. So, it's, uh, you know, it's a great rotation of eight players uh, that are all very capable, but the front liners and especially the defensive ends, the book ends there of, of Jackson Jeffcoat and uh, Willie Jefferson. Uh, funny side note, I actually played with Jackson Jeffcoat's father in Buffalo in 1997, but I don't want to, I don't want to date myself or anything like that and say I'm old uh, quite directly, but um, those guys are spectacular. Uh, you know they're they're very consistent. Uh, they're spectacularly athletic, and uh, they're just explosive coming off the ball. And uh, they bring different skill sets to the game, but they pair up really, really well. So you get that kind of edge pressure, pressure, and you get a good push up the middle. It can be very disruptive.
0: The uh, the bombers are two and zero to start off the year but they've kind of done it uh, backwards not too many teams win games Doug by scoring less than 20 points and uh, Winnipeg has done it twice um, what has kind of outside of the defense what other things have kind of characterized the Bombers first two games so far
1: well I think it's uh it's it's really an identity uh, search right now um they're not the same football team especially offensively that they were last year right they lost Kenny Lawler Uh, For $300,000 to the Elks, they lost Darvin Adams, and uh, they lost Andrew Harris. And this offense was predicated on the Andrew Harris touchdowns, or or touches of the football. Everything this offense did ran through Andrew Harris, be it his, uh, between the tackle runs, his his runs, he'd bounce outside, um, his checkdowns in the flat. He needed, you know, we had a rule here, a statistic here that we saw. If he was getting between 15 and 20 touches a game, they were just going to win. And uh, he was able to pick up blitzes. Um, he was able to be an unbelievable decoy because everyone was so worried about him. He changed the defenses that were playing against him. And then uh, also, you know, this is to say nothing about his leadership capability. So I think uh, – you know this offense is has a bit of an identity crisis that they're going through right now because of the absence of those three players and largely Andrew Harris. So they're going to have to reinvent themselves, and it's uh, it's proven it's going to take a, it's going to take a little while. But they have the the, the good fortune to have benefited from having a, a defense that's playing at a pretty high level, even though they're allowing a lot of yards. Um, but you know it's good to not be playing your best football and still be two and zero.
2: Well, you always hear about the, the game being won in the trenches, and, and nobody knows that better than you. Um, we talked about the D-line already, so let's go to the offensive side here. Uh, also, an offensive line that's arguably uh, the best in the league with guys who have been in not only in this league but in the same position, the continuity of the offensive line of the Winnipeg Boom Bombers, uh, including multiple Most Outstanding lineman Awards, um, Keeping Zach Claro's upright, zero sacks so far this season. Uh, that's got to help when you're when you're not offensively firing on all cylinders, doesn't it?
1: Yeah, I mean it's it's been amazing. I saw Zach Claro's when he was in Saskatchewan, and uh, uh, you know before he he got that had that hit and got traded away. And uh, I remember watching him play games against Winnipeg and watching him now. It's like he's not even the same player. You know when you get protection, when you don't have to worry about things breaking down on every single snap around you when you have a good balance, when you have a a ground game and and you don't have to be one dimensional and it's just amazing how he's responded. And uh, you know, and, and the fact that, you know, that sack total has gone way down the protection he's got. And the fact that he doesn't have to throw the ball, you know, 40 times, 50 times to win a football game. He can rely or he's been able to be uh, able to rely on that ground game to uh, to really balance the attack. Cause he's, a, he's so good with play action and he's so good, you know, on improv when when things break down around him and, and he has to scramble and stuff. He's a pretty creative, pretty dynamic guy out there. So. I just think it's been a a real uh, match made in heaven in terms of his suitability playing behind uh, such a storied uh, offensive line.
2: Well, Zach, certainly someone that the Hamilton fans know a lot about, uh, being a former cat And and another one... that the Hamilton fans know a lot about is Greg Ellingson, both as a, a tie cat and yes. as the enemy um, haunting, haunting us in the, in the playoffs, especially, but how, how, how much of an important addition has, has he been to that offense?
1: You know, it was, uh, it was crazy in the offseason. Like I said, when, when we lost Kenny Lawler and we lost uh, Darvin Adams, I was like, Oh my goodness, who's going to be the number one receiver. And then, you know, you sign Greg Ellingson and you're like, okay, you know, this is obviously who they are forecasting or or hoping to be the number one guy. But I thought it was going to take a while. I thought someone maybe like Rashid Bailey was going to step up and into that role, or or, or Tarski or or uh, Nick Dembski was going to be the new number one guy. But it's been unbelievable how automatic the connection has been between. Um, between Zach Colaris and Greg Anderson. since like they haven't missed a beat. I believe it's been since like 2014 since they played together. But the, the biggest thing I've noticed from up in the booth is that they see the same pictures on the field. They're seeing the same thing. So I think that's why they've been so successful in the early going so far.
2: Nice. Okay, Doug, we're running short on time here, but who's a breakout star or one to watch that we might not know too much about, uh, whether it's a rookie or just someone that's really coming to his own?
1: I'd say uh, for Winnipeg, probably Dalton Schoen, for sure, without question. He's a first-year player. He's already starting. He got his first touchdown last week, and uh, he's making me a lot of money in uh, CFL fantasy uh, football right now. So he's uh, (laughs) definitely a guy to keep your eye on because uh, he's unheralded, but he's got a a lot of polish for a first-year player.
0: All right, Doug. Thanks very much. Speaking with the enemy, by the way, presented by Red Tag. Doug, stay dry. Uh, Do a little dance and uh, hope that the weather uh, holds off and it's uh, good weather for the uh, game tonight. Thanks a lot for joining us.
1: No problem, guys. Thank you for having me on. It was a pleasure.